Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pluckers and Allen, and it is awesome, baby. Got some pluckers in my belly. I'm a happy man. Been out today and tomorrow. Join me and KT out here at Pluckers and Allen. Get your lunch on. And let's do this like Brutus. We were just talking about the quarterback tiers. We'll get back into it coming up at 1240 because uh, there's some some DAC stats that we think would really kind of advance this conversation as well. But last night was the Mavs season home opener. They won 108 to 100. And I'm looking. I got the uh, morning news out here in front of me, Tizzle. And on the front, co- uh, front page of the sports page, Porzingis is coming in for that dunk they really ended it the Mm -hmm. play broke down Jalen Brunson was dribbling in he threw a lob up to Porzingis he went up high and he flushed it and they have a picture of that and you can see how high Porzingis is getting and you really yeah you see how difficult the finish was yeah and the headline is sky's the limit and then right below it Brad Townsend wrote the article it says Porzingis Doncic fulfill expectations in opener and I think that's an interesting thing to look at because I don't know. I know Doncic did, but I don't know if Porzingis fulfilled his own expectations. Last night after the game, we did an interview on Fox Sports Southwest, and he was kind of saying, you know, hey, this is a marathon. I need to – it was almost like the first time where I'd seen him go, man, I'm not going to come out here and drop 30 right from the get-go every night. Yeah. He didn't end up with a bad line at all, 23 points. He needs to rebound more than four rebounds. But he only did it in 29 minutes, and he was 7-16 from the floor. He'll eventually he started sh- out cold. He started out cold, uh, and then he started getting going. He got some free throws. His first bucket was one of those where you see how difficult he is to cover. And by the way, they're replaying the game right now where it's on at Pluckers if you want to watch it. <laughs> but uh, he was isolated, and he had uh, Wagner on him, who's the, the kid people might remember, the guy from Michigan. He's 6'11". Yep. Somewhere in there. And Porzingis just, you know, faces him up, works him to the left, and then just effortlessly shoots over the top. I mean, the guy has no chance of challenging his shot. Yeah. And just knocks in a 12-footer so easily. And it shows you that once this thing is clicking, he is impossible for these guys out here to cover. That's what you were talking about the whole time. And I was kind of in the boat of what I think probably a lot of fans Most people, yeah, sure. Going, yeah, I haven't really seen him. Right. And there's a lot of people who are still skeptical of, like, what he is or what he could be. But one thing that you kept saying throughout the, the offseason was people are not going to be able to close out on him. No, you can't. And even Wagner, who's such a turd, at 6'11". Real turd face. Got, well, not, it's not turd face. Like, he's just like, that guy is just, he's, he's going to poke you. You know, I guess yeah. what I'm saying. Is he's he bother he, you. you know? He's an edgy German guy. He's a little edgy dude, and you just he was it looked pretty effortless. So, you know, it, it was some of those things. I, I look at it; it's very weird because you're playing a, a bad team in the Wizards who are they suck very compromised. They suck very compromised. I mean, they're not going to be good as it is. You knew John Wall wasn't going to play this year, but even with that, they had three or four rotation guys out last yeah. night. So I saw in the. I was at the Cowboy Happy Hour with the Barry Church that airs Wednesday nights at 7 on the fan. And, uh, you know, just going through the tweets, like, Courtney Lee starting? I did not see that happening. Okay, so 
that surprised me too. So here's why. You know, one of the words that you will always hear Carlisle use is force. Mm-hmm. A guy plays with force. Yes. So the number one guy on this team, r- rotation regular, that plays with force is Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is likely your starter in most games. I think Maxie's perfect, but Dwight's great too. He's a great role guy, but he plays with force and intensity. Yeah. Uh, KP does not. If, if you watch Porzingis, he's playing away from the basket. He's playing away from the basket, and he, but it's not like he's going after it with crazy aggression. Like a lot yeah. of people are tweeting going, man, does he not care? It's like that's just his style of play is kind of smooth and – He's not, but Dwight Powell's style of play is a thousand miles an hour, launching himself like a cannonball into stuff. He plays with force. So, because Dwight wasn't on the floor last night, and there's also this is a team that doesn't have a lot of veteran leadership, Berea didn't play last night, which I'm very fascinated by. But if you look at it, he started Courtney Lee, one, because he's a veteran. And two, because Courtney Lee plays with quote-unquote force. Yeah. Rick even said that before the game. That makes sense. And so I don't think Courtney Lee is in most situations going to be looked at as a starter, but I think for this particular situation to set a tone at home, Rick was like, all right, let's roll Courtney out there. Now, um, you looked at the, the way all of this kind of played out. The star last night was Luke Doncic, and he was freaking incredible. He had 32 in the third quarter, all right? He took over midway through the second. I think he had 15 in the second, and then carried that over into the third, and he was dominating. He was raining threes. He was going bonkers. So as the game, and let's real quickly after the game, listen to what Porzingis had to say about his first regular season game with uh, Luka Doncic, asking, uh, asking Porzingis what it was like to play with Luka. I asked Luca this after the game. I'll ask you, what was it like playing the first regular season game with Luka Doncic? Man, he's amazing. The things he was doing out there, I mean, he's just... The kid is super talented. It's unreal, you know, and as, as we keep playing together and as we get more of a feel for each other, I think, I think we'll be capable of doing some really fun stuff out there. If you could have seen it, his face just lit up. Yeah. I mean, these guys... Uh, here's a great example, too. Did you see the Tim Hardaway Jr. ankle injury last night? I did not. Okay, so I get get home late, so I was skimming through it to catch up. It was in the second quarter. Okay. And he limped off eventually, and and then he came back and played. I was impressed. Hardaway Jr. goes up to contest a shot. As he lands, the feet get tangled up. It turns hard. He goes down. The Mavericks are bringing it up, and then finally they call a timeout. When they call a timeout, Luca, who is sitting on the bench, and he's put his warm-ups on, sprints to the other end of the floor and beats everybody down there, including the guys in the backcourt, the training staff. He sprinted down there. And that may sound like a little thing, but that is about engagement. That is about pulling everyone together. That is about leading. There is an element to Luka Doncic's personality that I wasn't sure about, not in a bad way, but I didn't know that he would be like, I knew that his style of play would bring, bring people together. I did not know that he would embrace the leadership role of, hey, everybody, I've got this. Yeah. And it, that's a, dude, hard to know. It's hard to know. But, dude, he is embracing being the face of this franchise and making every single person feel included and feel like they're yeah. an important part and, of the team. And look, we'll see. Because things are fresh and new. You know, like 
losing can take some of those things away. For sure. And so it's hard to know. So I'm not, I want to be Last clear. Last year I'm was not, the first year he'd ever lost. Exactly. Like, yeah. I want to be clear. I'm not jumping to, to conclusions here. But that's something also where I think because he's so advanced for his age, because he's been playing pro ball for years, where he may understand that he needs to be that guy. So I'm not saying that he would be doing that in a uh, ingenuine way. Right. But, like, that's it's something that I'm sure that he's, he's aware of what he, of. And yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to, to real quick to KP because I thought about a moment in, uh, in a game last year. And I don't remember who they were playing, but Luca just got fouled. And this is about a month after they had acquired Porzingis, and he ain't going to play. Right. And the season's kind of just about Dirk's last year. Right. And Luca's kind of playing. It's when Luca was kind of getting in a funk because he was getting tired, and they're out of it. You know, they're out of it. And there was a play in a game that kind of put a light bulb off to me. Like, this guy gives a damn. A, the fact that he was always there. Right. You know, right. KP. Yep. But then Luca got fouled hard. And then KP, and then it's TV timeout. Go to break. And KP's on the court. The first guy on the court helps Luca up, and then he's in the ref's face. Right. Right. Like, I remember that. And yes. I was like, oh. Yes. All right. Yes. That's a guy who's excited to be here and bought in. And, you know, at the time he wasn't signed either. So. I'm, I'm telling you guys, this team is really dialed in with one another and pulled together and cohesive. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a, a Dak uh, and Zeke vibe to 2016, the new energy. Just, you know, it's an uh-huh. easy comparison. Maybe oh, I like that comparison. There, but, like, yeah. just how things, the culture, it's not like they had a bad culture at all. Uh, talking about the Cowboys or the Mavs, not right. like that, but it's just it's just it, what happens there, anytime you had a refreshing and you're there, bringing in new bodies. There is no, and I said this, KT. During, I'm glad you brought that up because I said this during the 2016 Cowboys season. There is nothing quite like youthful excellence. Yeah, I mean, it just is such a jolt to what your franchise is. So you brought up this as a good segue. Let's play these two clips. You brought up his maturity. So the game should not have been close, and it should not have been interesting. But Bradley Beal, who is an all-star, borderline elite-level player, decided this game sucks, my <laughs> teammates suck, so I am going to pour every ounce of energy I have into shutting down Luka. I'm going to pick him up at midcourt. I'm going to elbow him in the nuts. He is about to get as aggressive as I can be. I'm going to go attack this human. And it changed the dynamic of the game, and they're going at it. So the crowd was into it. The too. crowd was into <laughs> so it. They good. were mad. There was a play where Luca crossed up Bradley Beal and his foot barely touched Jalen Brunson, and they called a trip on Brunson. And Luca was outraged because he destroyed Bradley Beal and wanted to get the highlight. People were almost storming the court. It was chaos. So here's the interview with Luca immediately following the game. And keep in mind, uh, we are three minutes or four minutes of real time removed. From Luca at the free throw line with the AAC chanting MVP as he was <laughs> shooting his free throws. Listen to the interview. Luca, big game, 34 and 9. What was it like to be on that free throw line and hear the crowd shouting, chanting MVP as you took the line? That was just amazing, you know. I felt, I felt fresh on that one, you know. I had to make those free throws because of damn day. That, that was just amazing. My skin was going, how to say, I don't know how to say in English. When the skin goes like this, it was just amazing. You were feeling chills out there. You had a great battle going on with Bradley Bill. It got really intense. What was going on there? Yeah, I mean, it's just basketball. I know. I like I like the way he plays. You know, he's a obviously offensive, great player, but you see what he can do on defense. So I really, you know, after he got a jacket, he said to me, it's just basketball, you know, and I really appreciate them. You know, it's 
on the floor you don't have friends, so it's, it's basketball. It was a lot of fun to watch. And finally, what was it like being out here in a regular season game with your new buddy Porzingis? Hey, it was great, you know. We did a great job. And I just uh, us to everybody. Everybody did a great job. And, you know, uh, we, we just got to keep going like that. Thanks for the show, man. Thank you. All right, so a couple things stand out. Number one, I asked him about Porzingis, and he immediately said everybody. Yeah. He's, he's – dude, he's a star. He knows that, but he's going to make everybody included. Mm-hmm. And did you like what he said about Bradley Beal? He said, yeah. I admire his game. Everybody knows offense. He played defense like that. And he basically was saying that he respected the fact that he came after him it, like It almost that. looked like Lucas' face, like he clapped and stuff, but it almost looked like Luca didn't want Beal to get ejected. He did not. Because he did not. Him. He was clapping, and he was like, okay, but like – yeah. You could just tell. He was like, dang it, that's not how it was supposed to go down. He wanted to beat that guy in front of all these people that were chanting MVP yeah. and going crazy. It was so cool when Bill was leaving, and he pointed at Luca, And then, like, <laughs> yes. he went over, and he, he shook the hand of the ref that threw him out, like all that stuff. And he, said, some, he said something in Luca's ear, which that when that happened, I was standing off to the side, and I didn't see it. Or yeah. I would have asked him, what did he tell you? But I didn't actually sure. see that happen. Um, um, but uh, I like Bradley, dude. I mean, like, he's a baller. He's awesome. Okay, so let's hear what I, Bradley Beal after the game. Tim McMahon caught up with him. Shippy pulled the audio. This is from Tim McMahon's Twitter timeline. Here is what Bradley Beal had to say about all that and had to say about Luca. It was just hoops. It was hoops. You see, even when I got kicked out, he came up. He was the first one to dap me, so he he understood what it was. It wasn't we, we weren't fighting. You know, it was just basketball trying to frustrate me. He was kicking our butt, so. Yeah, yeah, do something. What, what do you think? You know, obviously he's a, he's a young kid who probably has a really bright future. What do you think of kind of his competitiveness and how he handled the challenge uh, when you got up into him? He did well. Um, I'm not going to speak every, about everything because I don't want to in trouble with the refs. But it was, uh, you know, he's he's very crafty at what he does. You know, and uh, he's very gifted. You know, he has a, like you said, he has a bright future, and he he's very mature for his age. He's you know, been a pro since he was ten, probably. So. <laughs> He's, he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I want to be, like, real clear about that whole scene last night. And, again, I was watching it late. Like, I knew the Mavs had won the game, you know. I was fast-forwarding through it. But I was watching that, and I was going, we're not going to see this five more times this year. Like, you r- rarely see a one-on-one game break out. And yeah. it's kind of what that turned into. And, honestly, And he didn't Bill, take Bill, any bad shots. No, he didn't take any bad shots. Um, it, was, it was other guys, and, and you know this was where this is where Wagner made me mad because he was coming out and trying to get involved right. and helping on D sometimes. I was right, like, dude, just this is not what this is right now. Right, dude. right. But let if, it happen. If Bill, he had a couple of open threes that he missed yep. that would have got that game to a. They five got it points. down. They got it down to seven. Yeah, they did so, get it down to seven. But like I showed everyone to understand like that, and usually I mean you see every Mavs game. We won't see at least ten times this year a one-on-one game break out in the middle of the fourth quarter of when a basketball matters. game. And you sure as hell won't it see it awesome. when you're routing a team by twenty something, and then it's like you kind of like quit caring about the game, and then yeah. suddenly got real intense again. It's cool that the crowd saw it and yes. recognized what was going on too. Yeah, that was a really fun night. Uh, great stuff out at the AAC. Mavericks play against the Pelicans tomorrow night on the road. That's the Pelicans' home opener. I think the Pelicans will be pretty good this year. Even with Zion missing six or seven weeks, so need to go get a win game. though. Yep. Stay early, get it, just get it going. And then uh, Cowboys have by by week Sunday night, six o'clock. Right. Portland Trailblazers here 
I think that's an early measuring stick game as well. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thank you for rolling with us today live from Pluckers. Uh, come on out and get you some delicious wings. I think Gator's coming out here, my sweet mom, so maybe we'll pop her on the air. Uh, but coming up next, we haven't spent enough time talking about this, and with the World Series going on, we need to look at five burning questions for the Rangers, where they might go. We'll do that next on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, uh, thank you, Shippy. A couple of quick cowboy notes before we get to this Rangers stuff. In honor of what's happening with the World Series, by the way, thank you to all the good Tolos that have come out to the Pluckers in Allen. Uh, just really great vibes. Thank you for rolling out. We'll be at another Pluckers next Thursday, but you still have time to get out here. We're going to be on the air until 2, and I do believe my sweet mother Gator will be coming by. Hopefully we can have her jump on the air. I always love getting her opinion on things. Uh, keep in mind, too, we got some Dak talk coming up. But before we get to the stranger stuff, KT, a couple of quick cowboy notes. I'm looking at John Mashoda. Oh, crap. From The Athletic. Uh, Jason Garrett, you heard his press conference here on The Fan. Leighton Vander Esch and Robert Quinn uh, both seem like they're doing well, and they anticipate that both will be returning to practice next week. Okay. So there's really nothing troubling on the injury front for the Cowboys moving forward. He's also got a really nice piece on uh, Amari Cooper, which is interesting. Listen to this quote. I want to get your reaction to this from Sanjay Lal. On Amari Cooper, Lal says, he's not elite yet as his coach, not as a fan. As his coach, he's not elite yet, but I want to make clear he can be and he will be. What do you make of that? I think that's that's basically there's a, there's a few things in Amari's game that could be improved upon, and I think Sanjay Lal's doing the classic coach speak type thing without. And I'm not, that's not a shot. No, I, I hear clear, you. But like, what are some things that Amari could be better at? He could be more consistent. You know, that was always a question for us. The drop thing was a very over-exaggerated narrative. But we talked about that a lot when we acquired him. There's still kind of been a thing this year. Dude, you realize that when we acquired him, think about the narrative is that he had a lot of drops and he's basically a slot guy. Yeah. What? No, that's not it. We have not seen that. No. A few drops. Yeah, but all receivers have drops. Absolutely. Do you think Amari Cooper's had an inordinate amount of drops in the year he's been here? This year more than last year. This year more than last year. Gallup is having a drop issue right now. I mean, just that one game, though, right? Yeah. Is there more than just that one game? He had a drop in the last game. Okay. But, I mean, you know, dude, again. I don't even remember it. A receiver is going to have drops. Yeah. The fact that he had three in a game where they were struggling was bad. So we're kind of talking about Barry Church at the happy hour last night. And he was like, look, he goes, Witten never fumbles. (laughs) He was like. Right. He was like, that Saints game, like, Zeke doesn't fumble either. And Barry also had some things to say about the defense. He goes, yeah, you wanted to get turnovers. He goes, but they do come in bunches. You get four of them, and you go from 25th in the league to 15th in the league. Right. You know, and it's 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 a really good point. And like, he was on that Jacksonville team that had a lot of turnovers that year. He also had some good comments. And, again, this is not – I'm, I'm going to do it in a way that kind of – when he said it, it wasn't anything that I went, oh, he just shocked the world. That's why I didn't pull the audio here. 
But I did think it was interesting. I said, what happened? That 17-year, you guys go to the AFC Championship game, and what happened last year? And he goes, we just we were feeling ourselves too much, man. They thought they were badass. You they, were stay, going, they were picked by many to go win that thing. You got to stay, like, stay thirsty like a yeah. guy on IG. And this, these NFL teams change so much. The Cowboy team that played Philadelphia on October, what was that? Was it 21st, three days ago, five days ago? Yep. 19th, whenever, yep. the 20th, meow, meow. Sunday night. Both teams are going to look so different on December 22nd when they play in week 16 for what could be the could be a playoff spot, the division title. Mm-hmm. Very well could be. And that's how this game changes. Football's crazy now, especially with injuries. As Jerry's always talking about injury attrition and all that stuff. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about, uh, you know, looking at like just Amari. Really, this – I don't have like a one long-term concern about this team other than really not investing in a big one-technique defensive tackle. Yep. Because these little things that we react to week after week, whether it be Amari Cooper uh, with a fumble or Gallup's drops or the run defense gets gashed one week, like look at their numbers, their defense holds up. They around the te- league. Teams aren't scoring on them. And They're the number one third down offense and the number two third down defense in football. That's a good way They're to win a good games. team who should be better than four and three. Right. And that's where I think it gets a little more frustrating because that immediately goes back to the current regime. Mm-hmm. And by regime, I mean Jason Garrett. Of course. And it all goes back to there, and I don't know if it should, but that's the nature of it, I guess. It is. So, and the nature of the uh, – we, we talk about this, and I, I, fall, I, I know it's the case – and I fall guilty to it, just the nature of overreacting to an NFL game. Yeah. It's the easiest thing to do in the whole world. We'll get back into some Cowboy talk here in 15 minutes, KT, but thinking about the World Series, thinking about how far away the Rangers are from that type of uh, baseball, let's at least explore the road to get back to it. Let's get into some burning questions regarding the Rangers. So Evan Grant wrote this article, and I'm also going to incorporate an article from Levi Weaver of The Athletic as okay. well. One thing that Evan kind of wrote is one thing that they really got to do, they have two glaring needs. They desperately need a third baseman, uh, a right-handed hitting third baseman. Right. And they need another top-tier starter. All right? And I think we all know that, and we immediately go Anthony Rendon, Garrett Cole. Everyone salivate. Well, Do you have $80 million to throw around? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. And honestly. I'm exaggerating. Well, do you have $65 million to throw around? Well, let's look at it. Over the long term, do you have $300 million for a, to, right. to throw down for a player? Right. I think that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, and I think, like, I I, I don't know. Like, you, it could be a thing where these players are going to choose where they want to go. So, I've, I've never been a fan of getting mad at a team for not getting a guy that you wanted in free agency. Right. Now, if it is strictly because of budget issues, like, strictly because – they're not spending as much as they should. Like Tory Hunter was on the show with us on Tuesday at Tender saying he wanted to be a Ranger, and Tom Hicks came up with the yeah. alligator arms. Absolutely. But that – He didn't say fine. it in a mean way, by the way. No. He wasn't criticizing Hicks, but we all know what that time period but was like. Tory Hunter should have been a Ranger. At the end of the day, if Anthony Rendon gets a $250 million offer from the Rangers or the Angels and he wants to go to California and play for the Angels, right? I mean, I don't know what to – So be I can't, it. I can't be mad about that. Right. You know? And that was once what, we get in those upper millions, that, that money becomes kind of the same thing. That was the Danny Green thing. Yeah. I hope people were listening that day when I, I didn't give Danny Green hell at all. I was like, Danny Green just took the same amount of money, if not a tiny bit more, 
to go live in Los Angeles and play with LeBron and the Brow. How are you going to be mad about he, that? He did what's best for him. Yes. Right? So before, and for winning, too. So in a minute, we're going to talk about some other pitchers that they could go after. Okay. First of all, another question from Evan. Which left-handed hitter doesn't fit? Here's the list. We're, we're keeping Gallo, right? No worries about that. Willie Calhoun, who will be at Texas Live on Saturday for That'd anniversary. Be great. Yep. Nomar Mazzara and Chu. So three three guys for two outfield spots and the DH. You can pick one of those three guys. Who do you pick? Money at money isn't an issue. Well, Chu has one more year left. So, oh, if I could pick to have on the yeah. roster, no yep. matter what. Oh, Calhoun. All far. day, every day, and it's not well, even Calhoun's close. Calhoun's skill set is rare. I mean, he is a hitter. He's a he's not going to strike out, and he's going to hit the ball and put it in play. I mean, I, sh- I love Willie Calhoun, and he showed that he can pr- improve a little bit defensively as well. So. I, uh, Only I, problem is that he's he's Gary Patterson height. If he can yeah. just get a little taller, he got a good butt though. He got a little oh. big butt, so he can put a little strength in getting the home run. So, uh. you know, Will Calhoun's a guy I have no interest in trading unless you know I get blown away. Yeah, because hey. I think that's a perfect counterpiece to having a guy like Gallo in your lineup who will strike out a lot. Right. Well, if I got one guy that strikes out a lot, I don't need a lot of other strikeout guys. I know I'll have a few. But and this is where you know, like it's too to me, it's too early to judge Ronald Guzman. And he, what he brings you defensively, you're right. going to need a little bit of offense from that position most likely. But, like, Mazar is the guy. Mazar is the frustrating guy. Yeah. He's the guy who's got worlds of potential, uh, an unlimited upside. And I sit here and go, I think he's always going to be that. Yeah. I think you might be right. Because the, the – Although I can totally buy into the whole Nomar Mazar is going to be Nelson Cruz routine. Yeah. And, and by the way – if you want the consistency, I mean, that's the biggest argument people have about Ruggie is he's just inconsistent. He's going to go but, for forward. He's going to have two home runs the next night. But, God, know? his swings of inconsistency last for weeks. They last for weeks. That's the problem. That's the problem. And no Mars do, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, Levi wrote an article. It was called The 26 Pitchers the Rangers Could Sign. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds exhausting. I'm not going to run through all of it, but the Tier 1 guys. Yes. Because you're going to get some names that you're going to go, whoa. Madison Bumgarner. Now, I'm kind of out on that because he's old. But as Levi wrote, if he's demanding what he made in 2013 and 2016, obviously no. But now, with a heavy workload, mm-hmm. a big track record. But he's man, he's just country guy. That'd like he me bringing to, in Cliff Lee, wouldn't he? He kind of wants to ride the horse around and stuff. How old is Madison Bumgarner? He's getting up there, my man. Dude, when we got Cliff Lee, he was 31, right? And we Probably. had him for a half season. Uh, yeah, Madison's 30. That would be, but to- that would totally be bringing. It feels like he's over the hill, you know. Um, so uh, he also um, throws out the name U Darvish if he opted out. So if U Darvish, who lives here, why would U Darvish opt out to come back home? I mean, dude, do you realize how much money he's making? Four at eighty-one. He ain't opting out. What would you pay him here? Ten. You paid 10, 10 million? Yeah. Well, I'd give probably 12 to 15. Okay, you know what? You can talk me into 12. He ain't getting 15 out there. Look, go look at, dude. I don't know. And man. I realize he had a good end of this year. Go look at the last four year snapshot of the U Darvis. No, I know. The injury is there. But here, here he is from July 1st to the end of the season. He struck out 124. Wait, give me the date. When did this happen? July 1st. Okay. To the end of the season. Yep. So take out the first three months of the season. Right. And he struck out 124 guys. Two years. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. He walked just seven guys. 
So really? 80, 88 innings, he struck out 124 and walked seven. That's bonkers. He I didn't realize it was, was that good. elite. Yeah, that's elite. He was ace and Darvish. He's, and he's been elite before. And, and then you get him, and then suddenly there's a thing, and you, he's, well, what, you can't even play what him. What if Garrett Cole sets this crazy market, though, and his agent goes, look, I think I could get you five at 120. Or four at, I think I could get you five at, I mean, he's got four. I, I, need, you okay, to, okay. I need you to take a huge he's step got, back here. Hey, I'm having fun. Okay, you have fun, but this is crazy talk. How old is you, Darvish? 32? He's way up there, bud. He's making, trying, I'm not he trying to sign him. He ain't opting out of four and 81. What if he took four, what if he took three at 75? Who in the F is giving him that? A team that needs another pitcher in their what rotation. What year is it? Like. KT, I don't think he can. Get, I don't think he can get three and sixty. Really? I think I think he would be hard pressed to get three at forty five. Boy, I don't know, man. Just go watch the tape of those last three. Months. Let me pull up his last four years of people I don't need being to see frustrated. It. I don't need to see it. Hey, I'm just having. I mean, I'm just playing radio here, man. You I'm trying stop. To, I'm trying to sex up this rotation. You're, you're freaking everybody out out there. I'm trying to sex up the rotation. Put, quit sexing everything up. Now, middle of the rotation pitchers. Yep. How interested would you be in 36-year-old local resident Cole Hamels? Um, interesting. Are you trying to give him three at 75? No. Oh, okay. Um, what is that? What are they? I could. He made 20 last year. He ain't making 20. The market's going up. Cole Hamels? Yeah. I just can't see someone paying a 34-year-old guy. I mean, no one's going to give him five years, but it ain't like it ain't like he's not going to go get decent money. Same last year with that 3-8-1 ERA. Pretty salty. 140 innings, so he missed a few starts. He got hurt. He'll get hurt, so he'll be... I'm way on board with bringing Cole Hamels back. I think he's a good guy. How I much think you willing to throw in there? At 34, I'll do... Uh, Three at 45? No, I was going to say I'd do two at 30. Two at 40? I'd do two at 32. If you go fewer years and more money? I'll do two at 32. Can I get you at two at 36? Man, what's the rest of my... Well, how, is that, how else is that impacting Well, me? I've got Miner and Lynn and Hamels. And now I just need two guys. I need two diamonds in the rough. I'll do I'll do two at thirty six for Hamels if you can tell me I also get Rendon. I can't tell you that. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think they're going to get Rendon or Cole. Like if we're being smart, right? I, I just agree like I never think our team is going to win the championship. The odds are not in your favor. There's thirty teams here. You're going to be one of them. Man, that's so sad. Maybe, maybe it narrows down because there will be ten interested teams. Right. And I'm not trying to kill it, like any hopes and dreams. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I think need, you're being a realist. They need to sign a pitcher. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree, but I don't want to go over overpay a 34 year old guy. Well, who are the names other than Garrett Cole? Okay, listen to this. Hold on. Just, I just the rumors were that, oh uh, man, we we don't want to give Mike Miner a three year deal. I mean, why would they not? I would. I would too. But I, I just think the idea is that once you get on the other side of 30. The wallets shrink dramatically unless I, you are. I think workload matters. Yeah, Mike Miner yeah. doesn't have heavy workload. No, I think that's. I think that's. Hamels fair. does. Dude, Absolutely. I'm on board. You know, I'm on board with keeping Mike Miner. 
I killed the Rangers when they gave him that money instead of who was it, uh, Cashner at the time. Yeah. And I was way wrong. And I, I, want- I should shut up. I was way wrong. But now that you have him, he to me at the money you could sign him for, I don't see any reason you wouldn't keep. And him I want I want people to be clear what I'm saying. I'm not saying bring back the old Rangers. I'm not doing that. I mean, the Why are you trying to sign Napoli? No, the people go, well, we had Darvish and we had Hamels and it never worked out. No, that's not the point. Right. The point is you got two guys in your rotation right now. Right. And I need another guy or two. And we're probably not going to get Garrett Cole. No, we're not. I would like to get him. I would And we're going to try, you yeah. know. But you're probably hard. not. We're so. going to end up being sweaty tryhards on the Garrett Cole front. Yeah. Hey, that was good, though, KT. I like that. It got, my, got me thinking about a lot of possibilities. I hadn't even really considered bringing Cole Hamels back, but I wouldn't be opposed to that at the right what moment. What about Ryu of the Dodgers? What is, again, I don't think we have time for that. I was, I was hoping you would ignore it like you normally do and go to break. Coming up during the commercial break, we'll get into the Ryu situation. <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to talk about Frankel, and then right after that, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. we got some numbers That'll get you really fired up about what's happening with Dak Prescott. Where is he on the quarterback tiers? We'll do that next. Let's give away some money right now. The Turn It On, Leave It On National Cash Contest continues. Each hour, we're giving you a chance to win $1,000. All you have to do is text the word of the hour to 72881. And the word of this hour is dinner. D-I-N-N-E-R. I love dinner. dinner. Which God, is something good. that you can have at Pluckers. We're at the Pluckers at Allen. It is the Ben and Skin Show. Ben is out today. Me, KT, with Skin, obviously Shippy back at the station as well. And we'll give away $1,000 in our national cash contest in the next hour as well. Um, Got some around the NFL stuff. Would the Cowboys be interested in bringing in this troubled wide receiver? We'll talk about that at one. But I want to start out with a couple things before we get back into this quarterback tier update thing. Okay. I ran across this on Reddit. Big fan of Reddit. One of my favorite websites. Yeah, Reddit. It's an information... Uh, it's really this Reddit is the website that can take you to the deepest, darkest holes of the internet. Right, <laughs> but also can show you the brightest spots as well. While it's ruining your life, it can it, show you joy. It's the full sp- spectrum of the internet. Shout out to my friends at Reddit Mavs. Good people. Good people over there. Well, how about your friends at Reddit Cowboys? Oh, okay. I'm I'm, as, I'm a little less familiar with those good folks. So they made a custom leaderboard from Pro Football Reference. And it's looking at Dak's stats since he entered the league. Okay. So we've talked a lot about his stats this year and how he's doing well. How does it, you know. The entirety of the three and almost a half year career now. Yeah. Game started 55. That is tied for first. Okay. Durability is good with this man. It's so good with that man. And you need that because it was not good with the last man in his late years. Because he got destroyed when they didn't have an offensive line. Yeah. Sucks. Um, completion percentage, 67% if we're rounding up. That is fourth. Wow. All right. How about total yards? That's the thing he got knocked on a lot. I bet he's in the top ten. Wasn't that a thing? Dak yeah. Dak not going to throw for 300 yards. Yeah. 13,000 yards, ninth. Okay. Hanging so in the top, top ten. ten. Right there for a running, well, an offense that's running based. Yes. And then, you know, obviously playing in all those games helps those numbers as well. But Touchdowns. I bet he's seventh. He is 11th with 79. Damn it, Kevin. Interceptions. He's 29th. He's seventh with 32. Like his seventh fewest? Seventh fewest. That's great. That's really good. That's great. It's very Russell Wilson. Yeah. It's very Russell Wilson. So Russ. Passer rating. 
Uh, is that the one that goes to 147 or whatever? I, don't know. I get that in QBR mixed it's up. It's 96.9, and he is seventh. Okay. Okay. Uh, average net yards per attempt. I like this stat because I think this stat shows a quarterback's willingness to throw the ball down the field. Yes. Yeah, so I think average... I think this stat is a indication of a guy who can see things in, in a defense and can can read the field and see things down the field. Okay. Average net yards per attempt, 6.75, ninth. This year, average net yards per attempt, I know he's top five. Yeah, I think he's top three, he right? May be, he may be number one, yeah. even. Um, winning percentage. Oh, it's got to be super high. I bet it's uh, – what, so what third. is it? It's third? Third. That's it's 65%. Yeah, it's percent. That doesn't surprise me one bit. He had a 13-3 and three record. Had the one bad year was 9-7. and seven. That was the bad year. Tom Brady, 82% at number one. God, he doesn't ever lose. Game-winning drives. Yep. Tied uh, for first. Well, is he really? 14 of them. God, that's awesome. Now let's go to his worst stat. His worst stat is yards per game at 236. He's 18th in the league since he joined it. Yep. Um, attempts per game. Wait, where is he ranked worst? 18th. Oh, 18th. I'm yeah. sorry. But I misheard that. He's also 21st since he's been in the league in attempts per game. 21st in attempts per game, yeah. 18th in yards. So he was throwing the ball 31 times. Um, hey, there's a guy in a Josie record shirt. Yeah, I was really distracted by him. Yeah. How about Luka Doncic? Bradley Beal, respect. All right. Yeah, yeah. This Gotta guy's be a Luka fan. This is probably uh, – so, so basically well, the point is he's, he's really good. Um, he's re- I mean, those stats are numbers incredible. like, oh, here they are. But, but I think it's good when you take it out and look at all are you years. Are you okay? Like what's your opinion on giving win percentage? A lot of people get really upset over that. I mean, like, how dare you mention that? It's not a quarterback it, stat. It, no, it's important. It's not the end all be all. Is it a is it a pitcher stat? It's way different than that. It's I've never understood the correlation of a starting pitcher getting wins and the quarterback getting wins. Quarterback getting wins is totally different. How different is it? Wins. Well, a quarterback's controlling the game for all four quarters. The starting pitcher is turning it over to other people. Mm-hmm. The quarterback is starting that game and handling it. For all four quarters, I think the starting s- pitcher is letting. Can the can these other guys? Right. Can Cooper Rush and these guys who aren't good enough to be starting pitchers come in and save the day? Right. I mean, that's what that is. It's a weird stat, man. Are you okay with point guards getting one loss record? I don't like that. Not a big fan of that. I'm also not a big fan of plus minus. Uh, so you know, individual or collective? Individual. Okay. So back to the quarterback tiers that we did an hour ago. Basically, Mike Sando at the Athletic, 55 coaches and executives, and they talk about their quarterback tiers. Yep. Dak was a three. These are the quarterbacks that cry the most. Rodgers was a one. He was top of the list. He's still a number one. This is what one uh, evaluator said off. He sa- uh, said, he goes, I don't think he's fallen off. He's still very good. I think teams are doing more to corral him in the pocket, and uh, they're doing more to get rid of the ball quickly, and they're saving his scrambling for late in games, kind of like Russell Wilson does right, now. Right, right. You know, He's got to pick career. and choose. Um, one coach said Rodgers is the only one in the league who can carry his entire team on his back with unproven talent. And, my God, are we seeing that right now. Because oh, without Devontae Adams, yeah. Marcus Valdez, Scantling's been hurt, Geronimo Allison, the number three, who should not be a number three hurt. There are guys like named Allen the Lizard Lazard <laughs> out there, and he caught a pass with his dong the other day. I defer to you wow. on all things Packers, but I just didn't even come close to comprehending the Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it anymore thing. Dog. Yeah. I just, it didn't compute with me at all. Kirk Cousins entered the league a high three, entered the year a high three, much like Dak did. Mm-hmm. Projected now to be a two three fringe guy. Okay. 
Okay. More on the two side or more on the three side? Go Cowboys, sir. Yes, sir. Go Cowboys. Um, one thing, one executive said, I don't think there's really anything different with him. I think he's the same guy as he was in Washington. It's just kind of who he is. Yeah. And, you know, one guy on our station that really is the, to me, I would crown him as the ultimate Kirk Cousins defender. Is Jared Sandler. Yeah, J-Bone Sandler. Uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, tonight they're going to take on Washington. You're not going to get much out of that game, you know, of knowing what he is. I think Cowboys-Vikings in a couple weeks on Sunday Night Football is going to be Spectacular. thrilling. Yep, I can't wait. Because they're dangerous, and we'll see if Thielen, how bad his hamstring is hurt, but I think that's going to be really cool. Mitch Trubisky. Ah, uh, yes. Low three. He's now projected to be a four next year. Oh, dear. And it sucks when Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes were taken after you. It's a tough one. And that's something Was that the number three pick in the draft? Number two? How high did he go? Number two. They number traded two. up to get yep. him. I, and I was you, the only one in the world you, knew it. You broke that story. Yeah. An executive said they could have a real problem here because this is year three of him and he's not progressing. Okay. You can't just say an offensive lineman's out and whatever. They haven't done anything on offense all year long. Can you imagine how bad Khalil Mack hates him? So I had a, uh, a dinner with a few guys the other night. We were just kind of talking sports, right? Lovers? And uh, one, guy, one guy came up with the idea of, man, if the Bears are going to stick with Kyle Allen, I mean, if, the, if the Panthers are going to stick with Kyle Allen, the Bears should probably trade for Cam Newton. Interesting. One year. Do buy you, yourself some time. They wouldn't even have to trade for him, though. They could probably just – if you're not I mean, gonna, you'd give him a pick, but – yeah, but what I'm saying is is you could – The Panthers aren't going to trade Cam Newton for nothing. No, I think they're going to waive him. No, I think they're just going to keep him. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather have I think the, cut him next year. I'd rather have the $20 million. Oh, you're talking about trade for him right now. Yeah, trade for him right now. Okay. Right now. Interesting. Because this is what I was saying earlier. The Bears and the Rams are two uh, December games before the Eagles for the Cowboys. Right. And those are teams who scare me because they are currently scratching and clawing to stay alive. And they're going to be wild card teams, and they're going to be fighting their balls off to right. get in, dude. It's so. hey, there's nothing easy in the. And I mean, it's cliche, but the, even the even the uh, easy games are hard games, you know. Oh my and so gosh. especially at the end. By the way, Gator and Papa just walked in with my wife, so right. uh, that's a pretty big party right there. Last one here, then we're going to go talk to Gator. Dak, high three. Now is projected to be a 2-3, it said. Uh-huh. Um, this is what an evaluator said. He said he had an opportunity those first three games to play great against bad defenses, and he did. In my opinion, he is not naturally accurate. When things tighten up, he has games like he did against the Jets. I think he's a middle-of-the-road guy that's always going to be up and down. I can't disagree with this evaluator more because that Jets game, to me, was a promising sign in the future of Dak. Did he have a plus 11% expected completion he, percentage? He did. He got his head knocked off the entire game, and their third down percentage was immaculate yeah. because the offense continued to put them in bad positions by running the ball so much on first and second down, setting up third and eights, and he was getting through it so, without Amari Cooper. So they have him as a tier two now? Two, three still. I disagree. I think he's a high two. Uh, so, you know, here's what another evaluator said. When you have a first-time year, a first -time offensive coordinator and say he's going to change your 26-year-old quarterback for the better, I can't buy into that. He said, I can't put all the stuff they have going on, on Dak. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Dak's better than he's getting credit for right now, I yep. think. Yep. And that's going to be the case. And then he's going to get paid, and everyone's going to say he's not good enough. Right. That's just the world he lives in right That's now. the world he lives in. All right, let's do this, KT. 
coming up next, let's pop Gator on. My yeah. mom just walked in. We'll throw Gator on. We also have some NBA Western Conference stuff to get to, some around the NFL stuff. All that's coming up next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.